can't decide whether to wear my glasses or not. They make you look smarter. <laughs> Appearances aren't everything. Okay, well, then I'll wear my glasses. Uh, yeah. So I'm 49 years old. This is not actually part of my story. I'm 49 years old, and I've reached that age, and I finally went to the eye doctor, and I'm going to get progressive lenses because this in-between place, there's no good, like the glasses, the not glasses, I can't see that well either way. So <laughs> I'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Taking them off. I did it. It's big print, so I should be able to see it, right? As I said before, this service is the kickoff to our annual Canvas campaign or our pledge drive that we conduct every year. UUFH asks our members and friends to make a financial commitment for the coming year so we can base our budget on that and make decisions about you know, where we're going to put our funds and energy and all of that. It's pretty straightforward. But it always seems to bring up some anxiety or stress or awkwardness for people. And I, I get that. Money has never been something that we as a society or individuals are very comfortable talking about. In fact, we're told not to talk about it. It's very personal. So rest assured that I am not going to beg, prod, or guilt people today. My hope, really, is just to talk about our community and truly building a foundation for our dreams, which is the theme for our, our pledge drive, our, our canvas this year. So first, let's acknowledge that this year is one of change. We are having staff changes in our family ministry program. Our minister, Jim McKinley, will be retiring in a few months. And our office administrator, uh, Sandy McGlashan, will be retiring also. I was talking to um, Ron about this earlier, and, I, and he said, she's not just retiring, she's moving out of the country. She's going to Colorado. <laughs> what? California. California. Oh, that's, yeah. That's even further out of the country, right? I gave him a hard time. I told him I was going to say that in front of everybody. So change. How many people look forward to change? Right? Not nearly as many people as did not raise their hands. For most people, change is uh, anxiety producing. Humans generally appreciate predictability. Sure, there are adventure seekers like Marina over there, but overall, we tend to like habits. We like stability. When we feel unsure of things, we sometimes tend to pull inward, to hold on to what we have even tighter, to behave in a more cautious manner. However, in the life of our congregation right now, that is the exact opposite of what we need. The other way to look at change is to decide to identify that sense of instability as excitement, as anticipation. I have a friend who told me that she was feeling anxious a lot of the time and 
as part of a way to cope with that, she decided to tell herself that she wasn't nervous, she was excited. And that simple reframe was a game changer for her. After all, when we feel anxious, what do we feel? Our hearts start beating a little faster, we breathe a little more shallowly, we maybe feel flutters in our belly. But all those physical feelings are what we feel when we're excited and in, in, in anticipation. So my hope is that as a congregation, we can look ahead with excitement, with a sense of impending renewal, if you will, a sense that we can make our dreams come to fruition. Building a foundation for our dreams. We like to dream. It's nice to think about what can be. I was asking some folks about what their dream for our fellowship was, and they actually spoke instead of what they enjoyed and appreciated about the fellowship. And that is the worship, especially the music, the times of fellowship after the service, talking with each other, opportunities for learning together, and the community outreach in support of social justice issues. And I pretty much feel that same way. I like who we are. I don't think we need a huge change. We don't need to morph suddenly from this to that. But I would love for all of these aspects that we already appreciate to be refreshed, be magnified, and to find some new expressions. And we can achieve that together. Let me speak on a very personal level about why this sort of community is so important to me. I have been a member of this fellowship since 2006. I have gotten to know many of you pretty well during that time by uh, going to supper clubs together and being on committees together. Paul and I will be um, bonded for life for be doing the campus campaign so a few years in a row. Um, there are a lot of ways that I have formed connections with many of the people in this room. And I am honored to have so many of you that I can call friend. Most of you know me as a happy, cheerful, energetic person. And I am. That is no act. <laughs> or I would be a fantastic actress. I love life and I love people. And I get a big kick out of being in front of people and I love hugging and chatting. And I am rather incessantly optimistic. But I also struggle sometimes. I have times in my life when things get pretty dark, when I am helplessly pessimistic, full of anxiety, and paralyzed by the task of living. There are times when I can tell myself that I'm loved, but everything just feels hollow and empty anyway. It feels that there, like there is a weight on my chest and moving, breathing, and thinking all feel like a tremendous effort. 
I've been dealing with this the last few months. I was supposed to be working on the canvas with Ed, and I was supposed to lead some services as part of Ron Parton's worship team. And I had to tell Ed and Ron that I just couldn't do what I had committed to do. And they gave me such love and concern and support back. In fact, one morning I was supposed to be at worship, and I called Ron, and I told him I could not leave the house. And he said, I got it. And he took care of it. He took care of it. He took care of me. And I took care of me. And I'm better. <laughs> I always get better. I have uh, several things that I have learned to do to help cope in those terrible moments when I'm feeling really horribly anxious and panicky. And one of those things that I do is to focus my mind on people I know and people who I know love me. And I just one at a time bring their faces up and name their names. And I find it easier to do this in groups. And so I think the fellowship and I think of you all. And that exercise makes that moment pass. So I'm better. I always, it always gets better. I have great support and help, and I have learned what I need to do to take care of me. I share all of that to share this. I absolutely know the importance of community. I know the importance of having people you can trust, people you can rely on, of knowing that if you are falling, there are those who will catch you, who will help you get upright, and who will keep things going in the meantime. It is not hard for me to see that it can make a difference between life and death. It can be everything. But not everybody has that support. Not everybody has that faith community. As Todd mentioned earlier, I was raised United Methodist, and I'm sure you've heard in the news, as he referenced earlier, about that denomination's recent decision to strengthen their official stance against our LGBTQ community, to officially and firmly exclude LGBTQ individuals from being clergy, from performing same-sex marriages, and stating that homosexuality is incompatible with church teaching. I am horrified by that. I am embarrassed to have been associated with that denomination, even though the churches I personally worshiped at were actually very supportive of gay rights and affirmed God's love of everybody, regardless of sexual orientation, preference, or gender identification. And I grieve the pain that this undoubtedly has caused so many. But I am proud now to be Unitarian Universalist, where our first two principles affirm the inherent worth of, and dignity of every person and promote justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. I am proud that UUFH is a welcoming congregation 
and that the denomination as a whole values and affirms LGBTQ folks, welcoming them as clergy and leaders and offering community with them. I will say that I heard you this morning, Helen, and I don't know the article that you are referring to, but I do know that Unitarian Universalists are made of humans and humans still are fallible and don't always do what is right. My greatest hope is that as you viewers, we can bring this into light and talk about it and keep working to be in better community with each other. My dream for UUFH is that what this community and friendships here have meant to me personally can be true for anybody who walks in that door and that we are able to take our love, care, and concern out of our doors and into the world where it is needed most. My greatest dream for the coming year is that we see how we can be exactly who we are, but better, stronger, more vibrant and energetic, and that we strengthen and prepare our fellowship for this upcoming growth. Have you ever seen a dog get ready to jump up on a chair? They look up, they see where they're going, and then they sort of squat down and gather their legs under them before taking the leap. Well, that's where I see us right now. We are getting ready to jump up. <laughs> I am crazy about my dogs, it's very true. We are getting ready to jump up and take things to the next level. What that looks like exactly, we will be figuring out. But our task at hand is to marshal our resources to assure each other that we are here for each other and to demonstrate to any potential new ministers or other staff that we are strong, stable, and confident. And this morning, what that means is that we need to work together to ensure our financial stability. Money isn't everything, but it pretty much helps everything. My hope is that we are all inspired to give of ourselves, to understand that tithing is another way that we support each other. Some of us hate hearing talk about money because our money is already tight. We feel badly that we can't give more. Money is a source of anxiety and stress and times are tough. I get that. I really do. And to you, I would offer reassurance that the rest of us have your back. Those of us who can will take a look at our funds and recognize that our fellowship is at a point where we need to pour a little more in the bucket because we know that our fellow congregants are relying on us. And we can handle it. Just like Ed and Ron supported me in a personal way, we can support each other through financial commitment. It is really part and parcel the same. One of our big goals, as Ed mentioned, one of our big goals for our canvas is to achieve 100% participation. Even if most of those are small commitments, it would be incredible for, it would be incredible to feel that every single one of us is here for every single one of us. 
So I ask you this morning to take a look at those pledge cards, and when you consider the amounts, envision the people here. Let their faces come up in your mind. Know who you are giving your support to. And envision the strangers whom you do not yet know, who may be feeling excluded and need a place, need to know that a place will welcome them. We are that place. We can be that place. Let's be that place bigger. Let's gather ourselves together, look up with excitement and anticipation, and give of ourselves however we can so that we can build a foundation for our dreams. <laughs>